2: Hello and welcome to the Indie Football Podcast, the World Cup Daily Edition from Russia. I am Ed Mali. It is 4.12am in Moscow. The sun uh, is not coming up really, it's come up. Uh, a sort of pinkish glow on the horizon, uh, blending into to sky blue as you go up. And um, I'm all alone, uh, very much alone, uh, having just got back from Brazil to Serbia 0 at Spartak Stadium. Um I uh, can talk to you a bit more about that in a bit Uh, That puts Brazil top of Group E uh, Which puts them on collision course uh, with Germany Only it doesn't Because Germany this afternoon uh, fell 2-0 to South Korea And in the other game, Sweden beat the Mexicans Korea uh, scoring those two goals very late on It's It's a misleading scoreline because the Germans dominated that game uh, ...but then they couldn't quite get this... ...I think Meza Ozil created seven chances on his own... ...which is more than any other player has in any game this tournament... ...but it wasn't enough because they couldn't finish... ...it's been a problem for them throughout this competition... Uh, ...and uh, they got picked off by the penalty... ...and then on the counter-attack... ...when Manuel Neuer is literally in the middle of the park... ...and Sun makes it 2-0... ...so Germany are out... Uh, ...but you don't want to hear me just monologuing about that... you would much rather I'm sure... Here from Jack Pitbrook and Miguel Daney who are in Kaliningrad Um, They will talk to you about England Which uh, by the time you listen to this uh, will be today Um, Tonight I guess Um, But first uh, they'll uh, give a little bit of Germany chat What does this mean for Germany and for the tournament And a little bit of England And then uh, I'll be back to round things off Hi Ed, hi listeners
0: Uh, This is take two, on take one I just said We're in Nishinovgorod We're not, we're in Kaliningrad (laughs) Uh, I'm here with Chief Football Writer Miguel Delaney. Say hello, Miguel. Hello. Um, we have just been to the Gareth Southgate and Eric Dyer press conferences ahead of England-Belgium tomorrow night. We've also been enjoying the action from the other from the other games so far today. Um, I don't know if you've covered this elsewhere on the pod, but we're going to cover it here. Cover it here anyway. Um, there's only one place to start: Germany. Uh, Miguel, what did you think of of, of Germany's defeat today?
1: Uh, yeah, only one place to start because it's the end of their World Cup. They're gone uh, for the first time since 1938 uh, at the first stage. Uh, kind of completely justified. The, and it's quite a weird thing in the sense that, you know, you could say maybe in the long run it's worse for the competition that a side like that is out. But is it? I mean, like this was a really bad German team. But beyond anything, I think what's quite worrying for Germany is that Say when Previous champions Have gone out Like Spain 2014 Italy 2010 France 2002 It was very obviously The end of a cycle Um, And they they, Like they knew What they had to do To change things Um, With Germany It's not I mean I was looking Through the profile Of the squad There's only three players That are over the age of 29 And they're Neuer um, Hummel, or, or sorry, Neuer, Kedira, and Mario Gomez, and none of them are over thirty-two. So, like, that's a squad in its prime. Also, they haven't actually won that much. It's not like they should be completely satirized because they've had one World Cup in this decade of producing player after player after player. So, there's an argument for for real underperformance over the long term. Not just this World Cup, but the, 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 the World Cup they've looked as
0: laboured and as leggy, and just there was nothing to them. They're, it's funny, isn't it? Because Jurgen Love has actually been there since 2004 when he started working with Jurgen Klinsmann. I know they've just given him the new contract, but after 14 years working with the players, do you wonder if they might, if now might be the time for another another pair of eyes in a different coaching staff?
1: You might, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I've always had doubt over how good a coach Love actually is. I mean, the thing about when like. Germany because of the immense wealth in their football structure they basically industrialised youth production and talent coaching to a level that pretty much no one else can not even Spain England are probably the only, only country that can match them and they're finally doing it and you, like, that critical mass of talent almost meant that Lowe didn't really have to kind of be a manager in a, and, and this is of course in an in a international football world where the quality of management is less and lesser so it means you would wonder how much he actually had to do Was it more one of these kind of facilitating talent roles and it was always hard to see or say what his actual hallmark in that team was and now this tournament involved really big decisions for the first time and you kind going of to fluff them all um, so like there's, a, there's a few strands there
0: Yeah I've just been having a Twitter argument with people on Twitter about Leroy Sane uh, because there was a lot of um when Sané wasn't picked, lots of people were surprised about this because he's brilliant. Mm. But there's also a, a bit of a strain on Twitter of, uh, well, actually, yeah, yeah. Lowe was right not to pick Sané because he never plays that well for Germany. And, you know, how can you watch those three games in which Germany scored only two goals and it looked, think... That, it looked slow. looked slow and not think that they would be improved improved by having Sané in the team. I mean, it feels like such an, mm. an obvious... I mean, maybe I'm missing something in the detail, but to me it seems like such an obvious... Mistake and a chance to refresh a player who wasn't really involved in the previous successes. Yeah. That's what they need. is they need someone, you know, outside of that kind of Ozil, Royce, Muller, yeah. I mean, Gomez. And, yeah. Obviously, they've got Werner, but I think you know, Sane is a different player and I think more dangerous than Werner.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there was all the, there's, there's, especially amid all this talk now of whether this group has been together too long. And surely, then something different. I mean, and, and that was one of the rationale, wasn't it? That they thought Sane upset the the. The vibe or the feel of the group or whatever Well maybe on the evidence of what we've seen Maybe that's what they needed
0: Yeah completely How? What do you think the implications of Germany going out are For the rest of the tournament?
1: Well I just saw from Love's press conference That he wouldn't confirm whether he'd be there for the European Championships So that's probably the biggest um, Oh in terms of the tournament, sorry um, Not actually that much Because I think everyone was expecting them to basically Be a match, be in a last 16 game with Brazil So it felt like the most major implication had already happened, and so ultimately, one of those, one of the heavyweights, was going to be gone. Now it's possible two could go after the last 16, but still, Brazil should do enough. So, in terms of that, it doesn't take away too much. Um, it, I suppose it, it does make that side of the draw less congested as well. But ultimately, if it was going to be
0: if it was going to be between them and Brazil, one of the heavyweights would have fallen and just they've gone earlier. So we're recording this at halftime in the Brazil game. They're currently one 0 up after a great goal by Paulinho. Uh, so I mean, they might sorry they might collapse in the second half, and then we'll all look very stupid when you when you listen back to this. But I think I think we're looking at at Brazil winning that group, and you'd have to say look, they'd now be favourites to reach the semi-finals.
1: Yeah, completely. Especially that side of the draw, um, and as I mean, as actually no, that side of the draw is with France and Argentina. Sorry, we've had very little sleep over the past few days.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I've, um... Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, the, this is the real a, reason, this is great yeah, point. yeah, this is the this is the bit that you can be that you can turn down the volume. Um, anyway, England is why we're here yeah. in Kaliningrad because tomorrow night they play Belgium, and it's one of those games which you know when the draw is made you look at that one and say, oh, Thursday night England Belgium, cl- you know, clear the decks for that one. But in reality, like I think the closer we get to the game, the more. F- the, the kind of less serious it feels, So like yeah. the kind of competitive tension's been deflating out of it all week, like a balloon. Well,
1: there, there's like the, the, se- the classic segue for uh, Brazil, and that's how the draw basically, because it actually further spins this match around because it's now obvious that, <laughs> like, if you if you, you want to go far in the tournament, it's much better to finish second. Like, if England if English if England finish second in this group, they're likely to play the winner of Switzerland and Sweden. Uh, Once they get through, what you have to say, I mean, not not the quality of Colombia, Senegal, or Japan, but it's better than playing one of the historical heavyweights. Given the psychological significance for England, that alone, so I mean, it's it's as optimistic a path to the semi-final as you could hope for.
0: Yeah, we heard um, earlier Roberto Martinez use the word celebration about this game. He said like, it's going to be a celebration of all these great Premier League players who know each other. Which is, I mean, it makes it sound like a testimonial or a charity shield, <laughs> which, is, which is amazing. But it's, when you've got the manager saying that yeah. and not even pretending that they're going to try and win... Um, I mean, I, 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 we, we run a sweepstake here amongst journalists. I, I went for 3-2 to England. Okay. I think England will win. Um, but it's not gonna be like a proper game. It's you know, it's yeah. gonna feel like a more like a third and fourth place playoff. Um which is odd. I mean in a sense it's a reward for how well England have done. But I don't think I mean we have talked about this before, but I don't think England will be able to like successfully pull off trying not to win yeah, no, in a way which Belgium will be able to do. Um But and I think so I what it really turns the only re- really interesting, interesting topic for England then is like the, the individual players themselves. Which, ooh, sorry, Miguel has just kind of dismantled the railings outside the media centre here. It was already broken. Yeah, um, he has managed to put it back on, but uh, I wonder if you're going to get your accreditation suspended for that. Um, um, you know i think we're expecting southgate to make a few changes it'll be interesting to see how vardy plays if he yeah. plays or rashford or danny rose coming in or eric dyer who gave the press conference here this evening um because you know those guys are all in the shout if they do well of playing in the last in the last 16 especially rose who i think was always really southgate's plan at left wing back but it's been young for the first two games because ultimately rose wasn't quite as fit as he hoped when he joined up is there anyone you're looking forward to seeing play miguel
1: uh, I'm actually quite fascinated by Kane's what is now going to be quite a relentless pursuit of this golden boot. Uh, and against it, maybe a second string German or Belgian defence, he's a chance to maybe hit six, which is, has been pretty much the standard World Cup golden boot number since 1978.
0: Uh, do you think this year, I mean, sure, given how well Kane, Lukaku, and Ronaldo are playing, it, it could be what the first time anyone gets to double figures for a, a lot? Long-
1: uh, is it. Uh, it was Jared Muller 1970 I think I think he got 10 um, yeah it could be uh, although I think I think Ronaldo and Portugal are going to go out to Uruguay uh, and I think Lukaku isn't,
0: no, as good as, isn't as good as Kane
1: yeah yeah and isn't and oh, like I mean Belgium or Panama and Tunisia they kind of they all count they, they do all count
0: yeah
1: <laughs> You probably don't get to count as many against better sides. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the insight that you get when yeah. you uh, <laughs> tune in the Indie Football World Cup daily podcast. What, 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 what do you make of uh, uh It's nice. It's very pretty. It kind of feels more German for obvious reasons. Like it looks, you know, you've got these kind of, uh, it's a bit like a Hansel and Gretel style <laughs> houses. Uh, along along the along the river um, there's actually more visible england fans than I've, cuz i've been in yeah. in Novgorod and volgograd where there were hardly any fans to be honest whereas here there seems to be quite a few i mean i know there's a lot who are you know like flying to gdansk yeah. and then taking the, the train or driving across uh, so I think we'll see a good... I think we'll see lots of England fans out tonight and then tomorrow in the daytime, and then hopefully we'll see a really good atmosphere at the game. Because, I mean, you know, obviously I, you can't criticise people who pay a lot of money, but it has been... It's very noticeable to me, certainly, as an English person at my fir- the first World Cup I've ever been at. I mean, there are literally, you know... You go to an England game and there's two or 3,000 mm. England fans and you go to... I mean, last night it was Argentina, Argentina and Nigeria. There must be 50,000 Argentina fans there. Yeah. It's the same with Brazil, Costa Rica and St. Petersburg. And, I, I mean, yeah, England have got slightly unlucky with their... Kind of slightly boring opponents and like unglamorous cities they've been in so far, yeah. but it has. I mean, you can't. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't mean this like in a moral judgment way, but it's unavoidable how few England fans there have been compared to other countries. And Southgate's often asked about this, and he always gives the answer, which is first of all, I want to say thank you very much to the guys who have yeah. come. You've been sorry, men and women who've come. You've been really, really positive and supportive and well behaved and everything, but you kind of, I mean, you can't pretend that it's not, it's not happening,
1: yeah. And uh, it maybe sums up something else. The World Cup that it still, on ver- in very kind of base terms, means so much more to uh, South and Central America. Well, or the entire, all of the Americas in that way. That it's, it's kind of their massive big event. They come over in huge numbers. Uh, pretty much every every single Latin American country involved. Um, and I, as well as that, maybe does it reflect something else that some of the? Uh, I mean, I think it's it's undeniable that. The setting of Russia has put off a lot of Europeans given the political situation, and everything else. Where, Whether that hasn't quite had the same influence in South America. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, that's uh, one for one of our South American experts yeah. to weigh in on. We have Tim Vickery? <laughs> um, how much does Tim in charge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah tim if you're listening give us a call uh other listeners thank you very much for listening to us and we will be back in your ears uh f- on the first thing friday morning with our thoughts from uh, england 3 belgium 2 uh f- live from clinigrad bye
2: thank you guys um as you probably uh As you probably understood from that, not overwhelmed with the prospect of England Belgium, which is starting to feel like a very weird game indeed. Um, If you haven't seen the full draw yet, then uh, allow me to explain why. On one half of the draw, we have France versus Argentina and Uruguay versus Portugal. Now we have confirmed Brazil versus Mexico after Mexico managed to come second in their group uh, thanks to those late career goals. And Brazil, uh, as we say, with a 2 0 win over Serbia, confirmed their place. So If you find yourself on that side of the draw, then the winner of the Round of 16 game featuring England or Belgium and then one of the Group H teams would play the winner of Brazil-Mexico. The winner of France-Argentina would play the winner of Uruguay-Portugal. And then the winner of those two play each other. And then the winner of those two goes to the final. Whereas on the other half of the draw, Spain versus Russia, Croatia versus Denmark, Sweden versus Switzerland... And then Belgium or England playing one of the Group H teams. Uh, so, you know, you can't take anything for granted in the World Cup. But uh, it is clear that both sides uh, would prefer the easier draw. Um, although Belgium, it does feel like, have been a bit more obvious about it. Uh, a little discussion of Brazil, I guess, just because uh, I was there tonight. I think they have what we've been saying. They have the look of a World Cup contender, I think, um Me and Miguel discussed this uh, the other night, that this isn't a team that are going to mow smaller teams 6-0, 7-0, but they are a team that are going to be really tough to beat. They're built to go toe-to-toe with these European superpowers, and they've not met one yet. They met a a middling European side in Serbia, and uh, Serbia tried to exploit certain holes in that team. But Brazil were too good, and and fundamentally, Coutinho and Neymar, whenever they had the ball, looked like they could make something happen. They created both of the goals, one each, and they could have created many more. Uh, They are exceptionally talented playmakers, and I think, you know, it's like when we discussed uh, Belgium the other day, uh, Miguel and I, on here. Having De Bruyne and Hazard in your team, two elite playmakers of that quality, is a real difference maker, and having Coutinho and Neymar in your team is is just the same and if they play like they play tonight and the rest of the team is solid then uh, they are absolutely in the mix although as we discussed they they do have a slightly more difficult route they're probably going to play you know most likely according to the odds anyway england or belgium in a quarter final then they have to play france argentina uruguay or portugal in a semi so they will come up against those teams that they've been built to play and uh, fundamentally that is the only way that we can test how good this Brazil team is under Chiché. Um, Germany's uh, elimination, as the guys discussed earlier on, was uh, was a, a surprise but now uh, the more info that comes out of the camp, the, the arguments between Jogi Löw and, and his bosses who couldn't even agree on a training base, um, the, the selection issues... The, the arrogance, I mean, he did use the word arrogance, and, and I I did feel that um, in their after their first game against Mexico, they were still, you, you could say, fully confident they were going to go through. But what we've seen since, and, and then what Lerb admitted to today, is there was an arrogance. They felt that they didn't play very well in the pre-tournament friendlies, but that they could just turn up to the World Cup and it would fix itself. And fundamentally, they didn't fix anything. And uh, Germany were out, and that's been celebrated around the world. The Brazilians at Spartak Stadium, went mad when they saw it. The, the wounds from the 7-1 may have healed, but the scars are still very much there. And Argentina, uh, who have been knocked out by the Germans, I think, at the last three World Cups in a row, uh, were also delighted uh, for some perspective. Argentina have not been knocked out of the of a World Cup by any of the teams left in this World Cup since 1966, when England eliminated them in that famous game uh, with uh, Ratin being sent off. So uh, it's wide open. We've lost some good teams. Uh, we've lost some good teams at the qualifying stage. No Italy, no Netherlands, for example. Uh, we've lost another good team already uh, in Germany. And uh, some people feel that, that means it's shaping up for football to come home. Um, I couldn't possibly comment on that. But we will know more about that tomorrow night when we talk england belgium Uh, on this podcast. Well, I'll have uh, Jack and I'll have Johnny and I'll have Miguel all calling in and we'll know exactly what the picture is for the round of 16. Until then, take care.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.